sober can feel really hard. And even after you start to feel better, you might wonder what's next. Is it all worth it? Why don't we have more stories out there about what people look like when they're living their best lives sober, when they're dealing with life's ups and downs and doing it all without numbing out? On this podcast, you'll hear those stories. This is Sober in the Sunshine. Hey guys, it's Jessica. I was just getting ready to mix up or edit or whatever the hell the uh, track from Renee's interview this week and realized, oh wait, I need to record something to say to these lovely people who are listening to my podcast at the beginning. So hi, I totally forgot how to make a podcast for a second there, but I just remembered. Um, Good thing that I have um, some notes to help me through like what's going on in life because to be honest, guys, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing ever. Um, so hi, my interview this week was with Renee. It was super fun. And she talks a lot about um, new experiences in sobriety and being open to doing new things. And um, and that is my life pro tip for the week. Um, I have talked before about my sober bestie, Amanda. Um, and she came out to visit me a few months ago because she lives in a different state than me and we decided to find something to do on a Saturday night because we were um, sober and that's you know that's kind of how we roll and we we're like what should we do after we have dinner because I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret we really wanted to be gone from my house so that my husband would have to put my kids to bed honey if you're listening to this I'm really sorry but that's the truth um so anyway we wanted to find something to do after dinner and we decided to look on Facebook events because why the fuck not um I don't think either of us had ever found an event on Facebook before I mean you know you get like those notifications that like your friend's throwing a leggings or essential oils party or whatever but um, I don't think we had used it specifically for the purpose of finding an event near us, either of us, but we decided to be crazy and wild sober chicks, so we did. Guys, we found a drum circle. That's right. A motherfucking drum circle. And damn if that wasn't the coolest drum circle ever. Am I right, Amanda? It was so fun. Um, so my point is, You never know what's going to be fun, what's not going to be fun when you get sober. You're like, I mean, you guys, before I got sober, there's no fucking way I would go to a drum circle on Saturday night because I'm pretty sure you can't drum on a drum with two hands and also drink alcohol. By the way, this room full of women, it was a women-only drumming circle, there were probably like 50 or 60 people there. This room full of women um, was full of completely badass women and... A chick who was sitting near us said that most of them were in recovery. You know why, guys? Because people who are in recovery do cool shit. They find fun stuff to do with their time. So I highly recommend opening up your Facebook, looking in the events, and seeing like what excites you or what sounds kind of fun because that was a really, really fun thing to do, and I'm totally going to go back. And you just never know what you're going to like in sobriety. Try new things. That's my tip for the week. Before I start, I also am going to pander to you guys and ask you, if you haven't, will you please um, rate and review this show on iTunes? Um, I don't make any money off this. I spend money on it. But um, I really want to get this out to as many people as possible who are 
having issues with their drinking. And the best way to do that is through getting more ratings and reviews on iTunes. Um, The easiest way to do that is to open up your podcast app on iTunes, which almost no one uses. It's that purple one. You find Sober in the Sunshine, you scroll down on the screen, and you'll come to reviews, and it will say leave a review. Um, It's the easiest way I know. Here is Renee. Enjoy. Hey, Renee. Can you hear me? I can. Hi, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be on with you. And as we talked about, feel free to drop as many F-bombs as you want, girl. You are you are free to be you. <laughs> <laughs> so if Wait, people want to hear, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I was just gonna okay. say, can we tell everyone about how we met in LA, like in Starbucks yeah. at five o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Please do, yeah. Please do. So I'm like stumbling about, like on the west coast, on um, East Coast time, but on the West Coast, I'm like so freaking out of it, and I'm like at Starbucks trying to get my head around, like. How am I going to get a coffee and have to change before yoga? And oh my God. And this beautiful woman turns around and is like, Renee? And I was like, who the? You know what I mean? I I knew that you were going to be there. I didn't know anybody else. So out of 500 women that were there for that and all the other people staying at the hotel, there you were. And I was like, (laughs) well, I was, I think I was like, wait, I know you. How do I know you? Yeah. I know. And then I'm like, oh my God, you're you. It was so great. It was so, it's so, and I'm sure you find this too, like you, with the online communities, you feel like you build this relationship with people and then you get to like meet them in real life. It's surreal. It's like, it's totally surreal. You were the first person I reached out to. You were one of the first people I listened to on Mother Recovering um, podcast and the first person I felt like, okay, like this is someone like me who's doing this and makes me feel like I can do it too. And I like reached out Aww. to you. And now yeah. you're on fire helping other people who are the same way, which we're going to get to, which is so amazing. Oh, my gosh. It's so, it's so um, crazy. It's so fun to have you on. And so Renee was just talking about when we met at She Recovers, because we were both at the She Recovers um, conference, which was in Beverly Hills in September 2018 last month. So that was wild. It was totally wild. And you it were, how, how many months sober were you when you went? Uh, not even three. Yes, that is it was like amazing. Day eighty something. <laughs> that is yeah. so amazing. It was so great. I mean, God, what a blessing it was to be able to be there. Well, you know? I mean, it, it's just it's such a crazy different experience than anything else. Being like in, uh, you know, when we're all in that room together in the room where they hold mm-hmm. these golden freaking globes like <laughs> and it's like right? all these sober women this energy yeah it's just it's like un, it was unreal it was a lot it was a whole lot did you feel so overwhelmed because I felt super overwhelmed and I have you know a little more sobriety under my belt I almost had a heart attack Well, I, you know, I do this thing where, like, I really try to tune into what I need. And, yes, yes. You know, so what I did was, like, I did a lot of the stuff, you know, that they held and went to a lot of the speakers and all that. But when I felt like I needed some time to just digest, like, I just went to the pool. And so, like, I skipped a few things just to take a deep breath, which I knew that I would need because I'm that kind of person that, like, picks up on everyone's energy. And it's Mm -hmm. so powerful and it's so amazing, but, like, I just needed more time to digest. 
So oh, yes, girl, it was same. So I, I did that and <laughs> went walking around because, yeah, I would just leave the hotel and go for a really long walk and go sit and meditate totally. somewhere. I know it sounds crazy, but, yeah, no, I'm not. No, I'm not at all. It sounds magical. I love that you great. are learning those things that you need already, you know, at this point. And mm-hmm. um, so let's let take me back and, you know, like we've talked about, we don't talk a ton about the drinking on this show. But if anyone mm-hmm. wants to hear about Renee's story about how you quit and uh, all of, you know, your backstory, you were interviewed recently on the Bubble Hour and they what? can go listen to that, right? Yeah. That's the whole, yeah. like, how I got to the end. So, yeah. Right. We, we won't go back right. into that. But if people want to listen, cool. Yes, because um, that is so really can, helpful for a lot of people. Totally. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, instead of talking about that, I'll talk about how I felt at the end and kind of what was going on emotionally and physically. And then we can talk about, like, how wonderful and better sober life is. <laughs> yes, girl. Um, Tell me about it. So, at the end, I mean, it was just really the worst. Basically... I was a prisoner to myself and to alcohol. Um, it ruled my life. It ruled my days. It ruled my nights. Um, and it ruined, you know, I just felt like it ruined everything um, slowly but surely. And, of course, like, it doesn't start that way. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, re- it was really progressive for me. And by the end, it was like that's what the day was based on. And basically the day would start, like, with the same way, basically. Like, oh, my gosh, I feel like such physical and emotional garbage Mm-hmm. So gross. I cannot do this anymore, right? You know where this is going. Right. And this is the last time the ever. Day, yes. <laughs> last time ever. Then the day would progress, right? And, like, I would eat greasy food to, like, try to make me feel better, which would for four seconds. And then you'd feel more like garbage and more sluggish. And then, you know, as time went on and the ha- hangover wore off, you're like, why did I say I wasn't going to drink? I want to drink. And then I would just start it over again and drink a lot. And, you know, at the end, it was really dark and miserable. And then, again, like, wake up, same thing all over. It was like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Like a really, yep. really sad, disgusting version of Groundhog Day. Yes. Um, yeah. And physically, you know, I was so tired. I was so bloated. I was not putting things that were good for me into my body at all. Like, on top mm-hmm. of the mass amounts of alcohol, like, I didn't make healthy food choices when I was drinking. During, like, when I was drunk. And then, like, again, you just feel, nobody wants a freaking kale salad when you're hungover. Like, you want a bagel (laughs) with bacon and eggs and cheese and grease. And, like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, I felt disgusting. And and I looked, you know, I just, like, more than the looks. Like, it just, I felt so sluggish. Um, And I just wasn't present for life at all. Like, I wasn't there Mm -hmm. for my kids. Like, I was there physically. I'm home mostly with my kids. Like, I was there physically. But, like, I wasn't there for them in the way that they needed. I wasn't there for anyone in the way that they needed, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. myself included. You know, like, right. not there for my husband, not there for my family. Work. Like, you can't think clearly when you have a terrible hangover or when you're drunk, which was what I was, like, when I started my most recent job. It's like I was such a mess, you know, unreliable right. in every way. And just, it was just awful. And... You know, I was lucky enough not to have a low bottom. Um, I didn't, you know, go to jail or crash my car. Well, I crashed my car minorly, um, but no one was hurt. And, you know, I didn't lose my license or my kids or my house. You know, I'm very, very lucky in that way. Um, but I just had like six million high bottoms mm-hmm. instead, which was like, let me just see how far I can dig a hole 
um, in my relationships, in my friendships, um, in my marriage. Let's just see how far we can really push it um, <laughs> before it's just like, you know, before it just all explodes. And luckily, right. I kind of very luckily just had a moment where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I am so fucking sick of myself. Like, yes, I hate this. It's miserable. Why am I doing it over and over and over again? And I just started like, I just need a break. And I didn't know how long of a break I needed. I was just like, I, I just need a break. And then at some point it was like, okay, I'll do a hundred days. I'm like, really just cleanse myself. And then I can start drinking again. But in those hundred days, <laughs> so cute, right? Um, so in those hundred days, I started, you know, I dove in and I started listening to podcasts and I started reading books and blogs and joined online communities just to really learn about like what the heck people do when they're not getting blackout wasted every day. Because I right. was so far in it that alcohol was associated with every single thing I did. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't, what people live sober? Like, what do you mean? Like what? Yeah, what? <laughs> right. It's like when you're exactly. When it's it, totally. I was like boring concept. I have no idea how people even do it. It must be miserable. It must be boring. Um, what do you do for fun? You know, all of those kind of fears. Um, and as I was listening and reading and all of that stuff, I was like resonating with every single freaking story that I heard. And I was like, oh. And then I started, like, learning about alcoholism and what the signs were because I had never looked into it, probably, you know, subconsciously because I knew that I was, like, a raging alcoholic. I didn't want to admit it. <laughs> I was like, why would I take an online quiz to tell me something that I already know? Like, I'd, I'd rather do one of those, like, Facebook quizzes to find out, like, what kind of cheese I am or whatever, like, than do what I need to do to like, yes. address my problem. So, you know, that's when – when I, you know, decided I was going to take 100 days off, like, I really started to learn, like, how big of a problem it really was. And, again, like, it it could always be so much worse. I, I'm here to tell the story. I didn't go to jail, all those things. But it doesn't mean that, you know, I was certainly on the path to go there. And well, it's also, it just, it's just, go ahead. I'm sorry. It just hurts so much. Like, it's, you know, it's like a, it's just this kind of, I mean, emotional pain that you have this, complete dissonance between who you are and who you want to be I mean it is Mm -hmm. you know even though we didn't have we didn't have low bottoms you know we didn't and wake up in a jail cell or anything it still was Mm -hmm. really painful to live that way like I I don't think there's anything wrong with just acknowledging that and right like right I'm fucking hurt you know it sucked because yeah I mean it it sucked it was like the worst way to live ever I wasn't pregnant I wasn't it was just awful. The cycle mm-hmm. was so fucking awful. Um, and what did I want to say about that? I wanted to say something else, but I forgot. Yeah, I mean, I was just so lucky to catch it before um, it turned into anything worse. But that's not to say that it was, like, enjoyable in the slightest <laughs> because it was freaking terrible. Drinking or um, quitting? But, oh, no, drinking. Quitting oh, okay. was pretty terrible, too. But we can talk about that. Yeah. So, okay. So, I came to and was just like, okay, I need a break. I decided on 100 days, but then learned that, like, okay, I have a real problem in alcohol. Really can't be in my life. Like, let's be honest. It, I I just can't be in my life. Um, and so, I've just been, been doing the things ever since. Um, and starting, you know, the beginning, because I have, like, a different mindset about it, 
it wasn't so hard. I don't know if mm-hmm. that makes sense, but like, I didn't like quit and say never again. It was like slow. It was like, okay, I need a break. Okay, I need a 100-day break. Okay, no, I can't have alcohol. And it, I don't know, it kind of just progressed that way for me in a way that worked. Um, but that, I mean, oof, it is not easy, you know. And I think the hardest thing, which people talk about all the time, is that, you know, life doesn't get better just because you do. And mm-hmm. now you have all of this life stuff. And, yes, I have a very <laughs> privileged life, but, like, life is still there. And now you have to face it without coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's for the first 30 days, it was like I could not have been in a more awful mood. And it wasn't because I like, oh, I need a drink. I'm so mad I want a drink. I think it's just like you don't know how to deal with your life. Mm-hmm. Like your kids are still needy and annoying <laughs> at times. Yes. Slash all the time. And you're just like, what is this? Like, this is so, I was just in the worst mood for 30 days. Like, I say 30 days, but that's, like, loose, you know, loose 30 days, 21 days, 35 days, I don't know. Um, but it was just so, life was so loud and yeah. intense. And, oh, God, it was tough, you know. But it, there was never, I mean, there were times where I was like, God, it was just easier to just drink. Um, but there was very few and far between. Mostly it was like, okay, I just need to, like, get through this this is hard but i i need to do it and how did you oh it's all about the self-care okay (laughs) like um so that's something you know i always had self i've had self-care in place for you know a while i've been kind of really aware of how important that is but i never did it in the right way like when i was drinking i thought that drinking was self-care like this is my self-care time i'm just going to be in my office getting loaded like that's not self-care <laughs> but that's what i thought it was but you know when i got so it was just really having an open conversation with my husband to be like when you get home from work i'm going to sleep <laughs> and he's like it's five it's going to be five thirty. like i know like, and I didn't do, and I didn't do bedtime and bath time and dinner time for like a month because first of all, I had had it by that point of the day. Um, second of all, those were all triggered again, like everything is so soaked in alcohol that that was just like what I did when I was greeting my kid after school. And that's what I did when I was cooking dinner and that's what mm-hmm. I did putting them to bed. And so like I needed to let go of that routine in some way and so a lot of times like we did I didn't cook for months like we did takeout we went out to eat or I was just not here I went to meetings I went to therapy or I just went in my office and like laid on the floor and cried you know like whatever yeah. it was that I felt like I needed um I I really tried to get that for myself was it always possible no I mean I have three people here relying on me um but I just think it's so important to like put everything else aside and really focus on what you need. And if that's meeting, mm-hmm. great. If that's going to bed, awesome. If that's eating a pint of ice cream or two, have at it. Like, <laughs> from the beginning, it was just like, whatever I need, I can't worry about my weight. I can't worry about my anything. Like, I just need to focus on not drinking and, like, taking care of myself. Does that make sense? I did the same thing. I didn't. I didn't make dinner for, I think, maybe eight months. 
I didn't make dinner. Yeah, I mean, for my girl. husband and me. I made I made it for my kids, but like you know, like super basic stuff. Because yeah, I mm-hmm. didn't want to be in the kitchen. I was so used to drinking in the kitchen after work. And yeah. but you, so you're a stay at home mom. So you, at the end of the day, when your husband would get home, you were like, I'm off duty, right? That oh yeah, you, you needed a you seriously needed a break at that point. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That well, that makes sense. I think that's super healthy. And how did you how did you decide to start blogging and putting yourself out there? I know that you weren't using your name and everything in the beginning but how did you Mm -hmm. decide to start blogging like day one were you already blogging about non-sobriety stuff no no not at all um I don't even it just I started with Instagram and then I just wanted to like let it out in a way and you know I do a lot of handwritten journaling and it's really Mm -hmm. therapeutic so I was like you know what I'm gonna put it out there because other people's stories were what helped me realize I had a problem and what helped me see that like a sober life is not only possible, it could be better. It is. Well, I know now that it is better, but you know what I mean? It's like those stories helped me so much that I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to just write. And a psychic once told me that she saw me as a writer and I'm all, you know, I'm like all into that stuff. So (laughs) I was like, clearly I'm a writer. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) That's amazing. So did was your blog like public from the beginning? Did you or was it, it was. like an online yeah. journal at first? It was public. Okay. Yeah, it was That's public so cool. always but anonymous for a long time sure. until recently. And do you want to give until... your web website and your Instagram oh, handle sure. so people can go follow you? Sure. Um, I'm Sober Witch at Sober Witch one word on Instagram and SoberWitch dot com on um, um, for the blogage. And, and so yeah, I love your story. Yeah, you and you started sharing like you literally were like you can look at your blog and you can find posts from like your first week and then like 30 mm-hmm. days and then so how did you even put your thoughts together was that like cathartic for you? I don't know. I mean, I really just did did it when it felt natural. Like I didn't put yeah. any pressure on myself to like be a blogger and like be successful and be like none of that stuff mattered. It was just like if I feel like I'm going to need to say something or I want to say something or something would have helped me when I was, you know, like, would this help someone? Then I just blog about it. But I don't, like, yeah. have a schedule. Or I'm not like, I have to blog this week. What will I blog about? I don't put pressure on myself in that way because I just find that I shut down in those kinds of situations. So yeah, just let it, like, flow as it as it comes. Oh, I love that so much. You have been so, like seriously since you started, and you joined the online group that I'm that I've been part of for a long time. You have been like one of those people who supports other people. It seems like it comes really naturally to you to kind of like cheer other people on, which is so cool. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, you know, it, I was say I was telling G or telling someone um, that it just I felt so gross right for so long like emotionally and physically mm-hmm. and people helping people in this way like makes me feel alive in a way mm-hmm. that I, I never have before and I also have this thing where I've like been chasing life like what's the next thing what's my next career move what am I going to do and like this is the first time in my life 
my adult life that I've like I'm just like letting it flow and just mm-hmm. like taking it one thing at a time and not stressing about where it's going or what it is. It's just like it feels good to fucking help people and so I will always do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely know what you mean. Yes, it's the same way I feel about it. Yeah. So great. Yeah. It's hence, so great. Hence this awesome podcast. And <laughs> hence the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell me how, because you have gone to meetings. Do you go to meetings regularly? No. Okay. So, how did you figure out how to recover on your own? I love, that is like, it's such a fascinating thing to me when other people do the same thing. So tell me about how you kind of built your program of recovery. Sure. So I think, honestly, what kept me from one of the things that kind of kept me from um, getting sober and into recovery was this idea that, like, one program was the only way to fly. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to do this in this way. You have to say these things, and this is how it works. And if you don't do it, you're going to die. Like, I did that, like, none of that resonated with me at all. And I think mm-hmm. I felt a lot of fear about, like, okay, well, I can either be drunk or I can do that. And I definitely totally. can do that. Totally. So I'm just going to keep drinking because that was easier. <laughs> um, but when I decided right. to <laughs> I'll just continue to be wasted every day. It's so much better. (laughs) I decided that, you know, the the well-known program, you know, just didn't feel right for me. So I looked around and I found Smart Recovery, which is Mm -hmm. cognitive-based therapy, right, where you're in control and it's it's more practical to me. And so I found that and I started, I committed to going to meetings every week. Um, but I just never felt like, wow, this connection is so powerful. Like, I just, it was all right, you know. It was mostly men. I didn't think a facilitator really had his shit together. It was in a <laughs> hospital where I had my babies. It was really shit. And, like, bright lights and the conference room. And I was just like, okay, like, I'll commit to this because, you have to try something to know that it's not really for you. But what I found was that I was actually getting triggered by the meeting. And I was mm-hmm. telling my therapist, like, I don't want to drink, but every time I'm at the meeting, and I don't know if it's other people sharing their stories or, like, me being super empathetic and, like, just soaking up everyone's shit, like, I just want to get wasted after. <laughs> and my yeah, therapist yeah. was like, um, okay, well, let's talk about another way for you to stay on your path. But, but that it's triggering you. So you. Like, don't go. And I was like, okay, yeah, that works. Isn't um, that so freeing? It's like, oh, my oh, God, right. I don't have to do that. Right. But you, you, I feel like, you know, you can become so brainwashed into thinking that, like, if you're not going to meetings, you cannot do this. And I just want oh, to totally. say, as you know, like to anyone who's listening, that is a load of shit. That mm-hmm. is not true for everyone. Yes, for some people, and if you're one of those people, high five. Like go to your meetings, you do you. But like don't, I don't, I hate that people, myself included, might think that like you can't have this beautiful sober life if you're not in a meeting every night. Like that's just right. not true. Let me ask um, you this. I want to know sure. your opinion on this. My therapist oh, yeah. is, she's an addiction specialist, and she says that 
the biggest um, predictor of success in staying sober is community versus, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to do it on your own. So you don't necessarily need to go to meetings, but you do need to build community. What do you think about that? I think it's so important, right? Like we need human connection. And so, you know, we're lucky enough to live in a time where like you're just a few clicks away from being supported. Or supporting mm-hmm. someone, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's, that can be your community. I do think it's important to, like, do the do the real-life stuff and, like, put your arms around a sober sister and hug them and connect with them and look into their eyes for sure. Um, but I don't think that has to be in a meeting. Yeah, I, I, I agree don't. with you. It doesn't have to be in a meeting. And it can be online. Like, I don't, you know, it, totally. it does help to meet people in person for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think in the beginning – you know, in the beginning, my recovery was all online. I mean, other I went, to, oh, I did yeah. start going to recovery, rest, refuge recovery meetings, but it was, you know, 90% online. So, so um, yeah. how did you, did you work with your therapist before you got sober? How did you find this wonderful person? No. So she's not an addiction specialist, although she does work with a lot of people in recovery. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have like post-traumatic therapist syndrome because <laughs> of a really bad experience when I had postpartum depression. Like really severe mm-hmm. postpartum depression, and my ther- the therapist at the time basically told me that because I could get dressed and be in her office, that it wasn't so bad. Um, oh, and God. then I just like went home and like spiraled into like a, a, basically a suicide hole, um, oh. which was like the darkest days ever because this woman told me there was nothing wrong with me and it's on my head. So anyway, I have I had this like terrible experience, like so super like paranoid almost yeah. like waste yeah. your time and your money and all of the shit to like go and sit with someone who is an idiot or in that mm-hmm. woman, one woman's case, or, you know, just sometimes you don't, I've seen therapists for so long. Sometimes you just don't click with them or whatever. Right. So my best friend in the world goes to this woman who is not logistically close to me, but who is the best. Like she's just, I knew that like, because she clicked with my best friend, I was like helping her with her stuff, not addiction related that I would love her, and I do. I, she's the best. That's awesome. Yeah, thank God for her. Oh, God, right? Therapy Truly. is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is therapy a big a big part of your recovery then? I mean, is, is that still something yeah. that you do? Yeah, it is. I do it um, every week, and it's a huge part of it because I feel like I was lying to myself for so long and the mm-hmm. people around me for so long about, like, so much stuff like really alcohol is just the tip of the iceberg for me so there's a lot of stuff that I need to work mm-hmm. through and I have no idea how because I don't have any coping skills I don't have any coping right. skills I'm working on it but alcohol is my only coping mechanism and so I have to learn how to like deal with life sure yay <laughs> <laughs> yay learning about life as an adult so fun it's super fun <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about what else is important in your recovery because you have your Instagram, you have your blog, you have your your online groups, you have your therapy. Mm-hmm. Like how do you how do you keep how do you stay centered? Do you have like is there a spiritual component to it? I mean, do you say sober witch? Is that like a are are you into like Oh yeah. Know? Oh yeah, I'm into all the witchy things. Um, and which I think has kind of obviously like a very negative connotation to me. It just means that you're in tune with the earth and the moon and nature and you just connect with those things as much as you can and listen to the signs that are given to you so that you can be on life's 
you know, on the path that the universe has carved for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I have, I start my day in the morning, I call it, which is not, not my term, someone else used this term, but um, loving myself awake, which is like mm-hmm. this thing where I go into my office, which is like my sacred space, and I don't like anybody else to even come into that room. Um, it's where I work, obviously, but also I have like a little altar, which is just like a, you know, a little tiny table with a candle and flowers and crystals and sage and incense and a Himalayan salt lamp. And it's just really therapeutic to start the day there and do whatever, you know, I feel. Usually it's journaling and meditating. Sometimes it's yoga too. Sometimes it's crying. Sometimes it's dancing. Um, sometimes it's a fire ceremony. I love to light shit on fire. It's like a way <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it sounds problematic, but it's not. <laughs> no, I've seen a picture. It looks it looks a lot more mellow than you would than you would think. I know. It's just you know, and so it's really just a way for me to exactly that. Like stay grounded. Sometimes I set an intention for the day or like make a list of things I'm gratitude you know, grateful for, make a gratitude list. And just whatever I feel and it's just that time for me you know, where I'm not thinking about work or my kids or anything. I'm just having 50, five minutes even, or 15 minutes. I like to have 30, but I don't always get it, um, to just start the day that way, you know. It's really... Do you get up before your family? Is that how you do it? Um, I try to, and if not, I um, have my kids watch a show and eat their breakfast yeah. while I do that. That's so great that you carve out that time for yourself. It's so important to start claiming time for ourselves, right? I know. Amen, sister. Amen. We should stop feeling guilty about that because we're such better people when we do that. We take care of ourselves. Yes. You know? So you are like almost three months, right? You're almost 90 days? No, I'm almost four months. I am. Oh, you're almost four months. Yeah, I think I'm 119 days today. Oh, that's right. You were almost, sorry, you were almost 90 days when we went to uh, Shear Covers. Okay. Shear Covers. So, yes. Okay. So, even, I I think things started getting significantly easier for me around, like, five months, and that was when I started being able to, like, be by myself and enjoy it. Are you, Mm -hmm. but it seems like you're really doing a good job of, like, being able to kind of, like, sit with yourself and, and just, like, you know, just kind of see what comes up. How did, is that something that, that just feels intuitive for you? Or is that, is it something it that is. you've always been able to do? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hated myself for so long. I don't want to be by myself with my thoughts. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but now I'm great about that. The social stuff is what I had to kind of shut down from because, Again, like everything I did was associated with drinking. And so it's like mm-hmm. I can't – for me, I it was really difficult to do a lot of things, like a lot of things that were a part of our routine in our little town. You know, we have – our gym has um, a pool, an outdoor pool. And like most summer Fridays for the past few years, like everybody, everybody, you know, everybody would go there and drink and get dinner and the kids would swim and we'd hang out. And like I just couldn't do that this summer. Because I wasn't ready. Like, I can't, like, quit drinking three days ago and then, like, go into this, like, very triggering environment where I used to be, like, the party animal, 
and be like, oh, right. no, it's just seltzer for me, guys. Like, <laughs> what? No. It's so important, important, too, to do that, to be like, no, mm-hmm. I can't put myself in that environment because I feel like that's when you start going like, oh, this is so fucking hard when you're in the same environment and you don't have the tools yet. Right. 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 And like, that's what they say, right? Like it's, you can't get better in the environment that made you sick. It's like, well, oh, oh, so Mm -hmm. sorry. But like, I have to, because I have a fucking family and a house. Right. And like, I can't just be like, okay, well, these, all these things are triggering, so I think I'll just pick up and move. I thought about right. it. I convinced my husband that we should move. But I tried to convince him that we should move. I'm like, we just move. Like, that's how we'll fix it all. Yes. Please. Across the country. But do it. Do it. I was going to move to Arizona. We would have been so much closer. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, you don't have to pull back. Like, I hear that a lot. Um, so people have been reaching out to me, as they do to you, Jess, like, in the sober, curious days of, like, maybe I'd, you know, people don't have a great relationship with alcohol, but they just don't know how they'll do their best friend's bachelorette party next month. And they don't know how to deal with their in-laws when they're sober. And they don't know how to live life without alcohol. And, like, mm-hmm. I totally get that because that was my thought process for a long time, too. Like, how will I live in this town? How? Who will be my friend? Who will even want to hang out with me? Because that's all right. I ever do. and it's like you know to that I say you know you're going to have to make some changes that feel right for you and maybe you start doing things that you enjoy more than that which is what I've done like I do more yoga and I have more space in my life for like movie nights because I'm not like I used to not be able to do anything past like four o'clock because I'd be too drunk Yeah, you can't and drive so like, anywhere. Never went... So frustrating. No, I did. I know. It is oh. frustrating. I well, did. <laughs> You're not supposed to. They do frown upon that in most, most places in the world. But I said that no. But I just didn't want to. It's like, why would I go to a movie for date night? Like, right. I, no. Right. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to get drunk somewhere. Um, but you just, you know, I just pulled back from so much stuff, from most stuff. Like, I even had to switch my gym for the summer because even going there to exercise and like seeing all the people that like I used to do these things with all the time was just too much. Like when you're new into it and like you don't know, you're trying to get your footing as to like who you really are because I felt like I had no idea who I was without alcohol at all. It's like you Mm -hmm. don't want to look at, you don't need, you're, I felt like I was having enough of an internal situation that I didn't need to see people every day who would be like, where have you been? How come we're not doing this? Or we're all going out for drinks. It's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, can't do it. God, no, that sounds so awful. Sounds, it's fucking terrible. And now, you know, I've recently gone back and it's fine because yeah. I, like, put it all out there, as you probably saw. Right. I just posted on my Facebook, like, hey, listen, everybody, I'm an alcoholic. I'm not going to be drinking anymore. I hope that's cool with you. And if it's not, not by like yeah. because it would just now nobody talks to me about like hey you want to grab drinks it's like don't even talk to me about that anymore it's great mostly That's people exactly like, right. I don't know if you saw like people run away from me sometimes because I think they don't want to talk about it that much it makes them so uncomfortable yeah. oh yeah it's like terrifying but, people they're like what do I say to this person god what a terrible problem to have <laughs> Oh God, there she is! Don't make eye contact. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. Do not. Whatever you do, do not make eye contact. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. It's so funny. It's, so it's, it's really. 
Have you connected with other people in your area? Have you done that? I know that you planned an event. Has it happened yet? Yeah. No, it's next month. Sober Sister Circle. Oh, my gosh, that's so exciting. Oh, my gosh, I'm so thrilled. I'm just so lucky that, you know, that's the space where I work, um, where I'm holding it. I work for a retreat center part-time, and so I'm so lucky that I have the space, that I knew about the space, obviously, and, yeah, I'm so excited, and I did this thing where it's like, you know what I need? I need to get together with other women in recovery in an open, you know, setting where there's no judgment or rules or anything that doesn't feel right for you. Let's journal. Yeah. Let's sage. Let's fucking lie down and cry. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like that's what I needed. So it was kind of like self-serving in a way because I felt like I needed that. And what I'm finding is that, like, that's what other women want too. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. You know, like so many people, you know, I'm lucky that, you know, spots are filling up so quickly. But not only that, people are like, oh, my gosh, please, I want to do this near me. Yeah, yeah. It's like we can heal in a different way than like in a church basement. <laughs> or in a hospital. Yeah. Yeah, we can heal in this beautiful building together where we yes. can just like Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love so, that so much. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited to just, you know, I'm not going to be there, you know, preaching anything. I'm just really holding this sacred space for women to connect yeah. with themselves and nature and each other. And I think it's going to be so fucking beautiful. That is so exciting. I love it. Yeah, totally. I'll just fly across country for it. Is that cool? Yeah. It's totally no great. Right? It's totally great. No big deal. Awesome. Your family won't mind, right? No. Well, I'm not worried about the time, but are you going to buy my ticket? Would that be okay? Mm. <laughs> totally in the budget, Jeff. Gotcha. Guys. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so if people want to know more about that awesome thing going on in Massachusetts, you can find mm-hmm. it on um, at Sober Witch on Instagram. And it's yeah. such a beautiful space, and I'm so jealous that um, that people get to go to that because it's going to be so rad. Thank and you. and you're totally Thank building you. your own community. It makes me so happy. Thank you. It's really it's so beautiful and so amazing. And at the same time, I'm like, what is happening? Right? I yeah. Mean, it's so comical to me. Like if you would have told me a year ago, freaking six months ago, like you are going to be sober in recovery, you're going to freaking love it. You're going to make all of these amazing connections and you're going to help women get on this path and have a beautiful life. I would have laughed until I like threw up. It's so (laughs) funny. Like it's so funny to me. It's like, wait, what? But even though, you know, when I was in it and like in my spiritual practice for, you know, six months before I stopped drinking, I would like sit and be like, what? My, I just felt so miserable. I was like, what do I need? What do I need in my life that I don't have? And, like, the only thing that would ever come up at that time is, like, hello, quit drinking. Hello, stop drinking. But I ignored that. Okay. I was like, I just need more kale. I just, I need to work out more. I need to move the family across the country. I'm going to fix it all. Like, no. Of course. You look for every other possible change. Oh, every other thing. Oh, yeah, girl. Yeah. It couldn't be the alcohol. It has to be every single other thing in my life that's making me miserable. Obviously, I just needed to drink more green juice and, like, fix it, fix the bod, fix the mood. That'll it fix everything. It wasn't the two bottles of wine a night. It was not the two bottles of wine a night. It was okay. definitely that I wasn't doing enough yoga. Like, you know, it's crazy <laughs> the things that tell ourselves when we're in it. You know? That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, any uh, final words of wisdom that you would like to share or um, anything else that you want to talk about? Um, you know, I just want, you know, anyone who's listening, who's thinking about, you know, reaching out for help or, you know, wondering about sober life, like Jess and I can both tell you, and there are many, 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 many others living beautiful, sober, fulfilling, awesome lives without alcohol or drugs. Um, and if that's something that you think you want to do, you can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> really, I mean, you you can test that too, It's so great over here. The grass is greener. The grass is greener, girl. Absolutely. Um, well, Renee, I can't believe that um, that it took me this long to get you on the show because I wanted you on from like day one like you just your energy is so great so thank you so much for being on and for chatting with me about all this good stuff and i'm so excited to hear about how your amazing meetup goes it's going to be so rad oh my gosh thank you so much jess thank you so much for having me and for holding this of course wonderful podcast for for people in the city such important stuff so thank you absolutely thanks mama all right well um, i'll talk talk to you soon okay bye-bye bye Friends, thanks for sticking through eight episodes of this show so far with me. I hope we're all having a good time. Um, Thank you to those of you who have reached out to me via email. I am so happy to hear from you. And um, anyone else who wants to email me, soberinthesunshine at gmail.com. If you want info on the secret sobriety groups or you just want to make sure you're not alone in the world and there's actually someone real behind the microphone, go ahead and shoot me an email. Guys, stay strong this week. I will see you back here next week with a solo episode. All right, take care. Bye-bye.